Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And I'm welcoming and shouting out all the haters. Now, I'm not talking about mine, <laughs> though they exist. If there's two people that you'd want to listen to about this, I'm telling you right now, it, it's us because we're going to be raw and uncut. And now, it's Gabe Ramirez. Oh, you see the facial hair? <laughs> this this little baby <laughs> facial hair is until the Bears win. And now, Anthony Heron. I need another Paw Patrol. Okay, I'm going to come turn <laughs> it on in just a couple of moments, all right? Guy needs another Paw Patrol. Control. Give me like three minutes. I'm going to come turn on more Paw Patrol, okay? Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And your Friday continues. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, 670 The Score, broadcasted live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Uh, got Jim Miller, our guy from Fox uh-huh, 32. That's right. Yeah. Uh, coming on the show in just a little bit to talk some Bears. We got Joe Cowley jumping on in the 7 o'clock hour to talk Bulls. And then Lamont Pope in the 8 to talk about the futuristic brand new Super special stadium. It's actually some interesting stuff to talk about with the White yeah. Sox. It's kind of a unique feeling that we haven't had in a little while. I don't get that. I don't get that luxury too often with my team. So this is, <laughs> right. I gotta sneak them in when I can. Uh, and but you got me over here on my. Um, is this the official start of the weekend? Like kind of six o'clock on Friday. No. Okay. Thursday. Five. All right. Thursday night is party Thursday night. Five. I would say Thursday at five because if All you get right. off work, then you already know. What's in front of you? A, fr- mm-hmm. a Friday is in front of you. Yeah, and so I would I think the me- wouldn't you? Would you agree? Mental, that's what I used to all. I mean, when okay. I was a much younger man. But yeah, I, I would always say, man, Thursday night is party night. That's when you know the weekend is really in. Now you know it's a little different. The commerce hub that Chicago is. You know, a lot of folks still going into the office during the day to day. But no. I'd say for uh, for individuals such as ourselves. But, yeah, my mind is 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 all relaxed because you got me over here. On my opened up on my screen right now is mm-hmm. Orient Spa. Okay. 1631 Northwestern. I mean, I hope I, I hope I motivate you for some self-care. You, you did. That's what today was about for me. <laughs> if you were to look at if you, if you look at Ant's eyes, they're just he just looks like a relaxed man. You know, I come in stressed today. You should have seen what I've been going. Battles I'm fighting. And then I see you and you're like, what's up, gay? Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, oh. What did you do? And I'm the one that got back from Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. But Ant, you're telling me about some Four foot assassin that really just man. Got she after got after me. me. She got after. <laughs> me. So I, I texted you and Tyler this morning where my self care began with breakfast. Yes, today. Okay. You know, I dropped a dropped the youngster off at school and went and made a stop. My wife had a an appointment she had to go to. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna just have like a, I'm gonna have some me time for breakfast today. Went out to Eleven City Diner. Had a had a, an enormous breakfast sandwich. I should have sent you guys the uh, the ingredients that they put on this deal at Eleven City. I mean, it had. Anything I would have wanted on a breakfast mm. sandwich, you know, it's got the, these buttery rolls that sure. surround it. It's got scrambled eggs. It's got breakfast sausage. It's got corned beef hash. So you were, you, were, you were nice and filled up. Oh, man. Yeah. Everything you could hope for in a breakfast sandwich. I had that. So that was the beginning of my self-care during the day here. And I've had this issue in my neck for a few weeks now that I just needed to get worked out. And I've been telling my wife for a little over a week now that I'm kind of beyond my, you know, college season has come to an end. The bears are done. So as you can tell, I'm not groomed as much as I normally would be, or my hair is not cut, my face isn't shaven. But I'm into what's essentially my off season 
at this point. And so I'm like, all right, have, let's get into self-care mode here. So I had my my enormous, my big old breakfast sandwich from Eleven City earlier today. All right, let, let me go find a, a masseuse. Let me go get a massage on, just get this back worked out, get this neck worked out a little bit, really get my off-season off on the on the right foot. So I had never had a Thai massage before. Hmm. And oh, there's all kinds of different massages out there. Anybody listening in, if you enjoy like where they massage. tie you, where they tie you up. Um, this this didn't involve that. It okay. might have been it might have been less uncomfortable if I would have uh, been you know tied up somewhere. <laughs> no, uh, this is uh, more of a, a Taiwanese vibe oh, to the Thai. massage itself. Yes, no deal. And so okay. right, right. And so um, I went in there, did the you know scheduled the Thai massage, and as soon as the masseuse walked in. I knew I was in for it without even understanding fully what a Thai massage is. But the masseuse was just this tiny little woman who, like, Tyler, my guy, you you would post her up easily. Like, she really was not a big individual at all. I could dunk on her. I would imagine you could dunk on her. In those eight-foot leagues. Hell yeah. Right. And for whatever reason, when she walked in, I said, okay, I know I'm going to be in for some good pressure because the, the smaller the masseuse tends to be, in my experience, the the stronger they are. Like, they they just pack a punch. And so I knew – that aspect of it, and I, I scheduled a two-hour one because I haven't had a massage mm. in over a year. She got in the room, you know, did my thing, got under the got under the sheet. And what I didn't know about a Thai massage is that not only is it kind of the the standard like applying of pressure and smoothing out kind of the the muscles and you know kind of you know running her fingers and nails or whatever through the sinews and all that other stuff, but this is like Pilates basically where they're kind of moving limbs in awkward places and stretching your limbs and your joints in all these different ways, in ways that got very uncomfortable. Mm. Um, now, I didn't research this until afterwards, but part of it is supposed to be that it kind of makes your body uncomfortable, but then almost like you're kneading dough, that it's supposed to kind of smooth everything out and relax everything afterwards, but it is intended for a certain degree of discomfort, which I did feel several times here when I was a younger man who was very fit and working out constantly and flexible and everything I would have enjoyed this a lot more than I did today I should have worked up toward the the Thai massage that I had today so I think next time I'm not going to do another Thai massage until I really feel like I'm fit and ready for it because this was quite an experience yeah I I don't want the massage that I have to like be fit I, I tapped out multiple times. <laughs> like, like I, I hit the that. table. Like there was, right. and I always fall asleep in a massage. So at one point, I did start snoozing. Now I don't know if this was at one of the points where she was literally standing on my back yeah. and putting digging the heels into certain pressure points or getting the toe in behind the neck area, or whatever. Maybe she just like twisted her foot in a certain way and just knocked me out. Mm. While I was drooling on myself. But then at a certain point where she was back on the ground, then she raises the right arm. My right shoulder isn't great. As she gets over there, raises the left shoulder. My left shoulder is even worse than my right. So she starts doing that. And then I'm awake, you know, for the rest of the time, which is fine. But we, we did have like a quick conversation just alerting her to, you know, the left knee, the left shoulder, the right shoulder, right. the back. There's certain spots you got to be a little bit careful right. with. Cat. So on the whole, I do feel yeah. better and more relaxed. But I know, like tomorrow, I'm gonna feel beat up. Tomorrow, there's yeah. there's gonna be like some bruising yeah. that's felt somewhere head to toe on my oh. body. But I, this just shows me I do, I need to get back to I need to commit to my self care. This yeah. can't be a one off. 2024. I, I gotta yes, that, that's massages. what it needs to be. I need to make I sure like I'm getting this. this in a little more frequently. I like where this is going because then mm-hmm. you're motivating us to then get on that yeah. on that thing. He's have you have you had many massage experiences? I mean, I'm is this something you partake of? Uh, yeah, I, actually, there was. I, I used to have like a punch card. You know. Okay. I mean? Shout out to punch cards and stuff because I just go like to those ones <laughs> that it's like, you know, you you pay 
40 bucks and you uh-huh. get an hour of reflexology yep. one. Right. And see, people think the reflexology is just the feet, but they really just spend 40 minutes on the rest of your body and 20 on the feet. And then you get a, it's like a full body massage for a fraction of the cost. It's like, you know what I mean? I'm always looking for the plug. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, but yeah, body's always right. But I, I am looking right now because the reason I looked up, again, Orient Spa, 1631 Northwestern, because right. they're open till 1130 tonight. So look at Tyler. Look at Tyler Beauty right. Bra. Okay. He said, and his head, he went, <laughs> idea. He's like, damn, really? That sounds like a great idea. I have to work, right? Uh-huh. I got time after work. Call the missus. Okay. You know, my girl's putting the babies down probably around that time. Be like, hey, mm-hmm. man, you know what? Self-care. Aunt Harris there said. There you go. Self-care. I got to get myself Hashtag self-care, care, man. We got to yeah. do it in 2024. Well, we we most certainly need to be taking care of ourselves, and because as you mentioned, it is an off-season, but things are still, you know, the, the pot is still boiling, mm-hmm. right? Like the and like they're still putting meat in there, and you're just taking it out like <laughs> those constant stews, and that's what is happening right now, you know, with the Chicago Bears. And as mentioned, we're going to talk to Jim Miller, former Chicago Bear quarterback, uh, in just a little bit about this team. But and you and I haven't had a chance to chat, you know, in in a week or so, and and I feel like so so much has come out in the last week about you know Caleb Williams, you know, mm-hmm. finally the announcement of him declaring and. You know, obviously, you know what that meant for the Bears, and then obviously the 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 press conference between, uh, you know, Kevin Warren and and Eberflus and Paul, right. all that stuff came out. Did you come away from those that that press conference and just everything that's been happening, and obviously things that are going on in your circle, feeling any different than you did, you know, at any point during the season, or or is everything just the same for you, and it's all just business as usual that are le- that's leading towards what you know to be just you know, an offseason full of surprises. So I felt like going into that Green Bay game, I did feel, I'm sure you and I probably even talked about it, on. it feels like our last Bears Unleashed was like a it month was only ago. two weeks ago. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's it wasn't that long, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I feel like probably we discussed it at some point on there where I did think there was a chance there for Justin Fields to 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 solidify going into the offseason that, that the Bears – should give him another season at least. You know, I didn't think there was going to be a chance for him to prove himself as a guy worthy of like a nine-figure contract or whatever, but to to display consistency, to put, you know, back-to-back games together and, and finish the season on a high note. The way he closed the show in the final home game at Soldier Field, that was a great note. And then to be able to go on the road and kind of bookend the season after that that thud of a performance that everybody had against Green Bay in the opener, if he was able to go out there and close the season – on a high note with a big performance individually, maybe even lead the Bears to a win, knock the nemesis out of the playoffs. That would have been a note that he, that the Bears as a whole could have finished on that I think, you know, would have would have made it far more likely that the Bears would have stuck with him for another season. And I know there's a lot of conjecture out there where a lot of folks still feel like that that's plausibly where it's going to go. I don't believe that's where it's going to go, though. I do feel like, you know, even you know without the press conference, because I, I think the press conference was handled as well as it could have been as far as just leaving all options open. And I do believe that that they are, you know, they being Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus returning again as a coach, uh, Kevin Warren. I do think that they're going to go through all the due diligence that's necessary to evaluate these quarterbacks. And uh, But I feel like in the end, the, the answer will be that if Caleb Williams is, is anywhere near the level of not just talent, but person that, that is – that warrants the number one overall pick, that that's the direction they'll go. And it's just part of what's unique about it is because not only the Bears having back-to-back bites at that number one overall pick in the draft, Apple, which 
you know, unless you're just awful, most teams don't get that opportunity. Right. But the Bears, Ryan Poles, were able to set that up based off the, the trade they made last season. And overall, you see the benefits of that now because they were able to, you know, you pass on C.J. Stroud, pass on Bryce Young, and I, I still think, you know, jury's out on Bryce Young. He's an unfinished product, one season, an awful situation and all that. But the the trade that was made, the passing on that, it gave them a chance for a more fully fleshed out evaluation of Justin Fields, also took advantage of the opportunity to bolster the roster. And so now there's a chance to build the roster towards something that can be exceptional. Maybe you can set up having one of the better rosters in football and insulate a rookie QB coming in in this way. So I think it is more likely than not, but I, I felt like the press conference itself was, was handled well just to leave all options open and the idea of being blown away um, from Ryan Poles. I did feel like last year, last season would have been, you know, at least a year too early to move on from Justin Fields. I still think that he's, he's got a bunch of opportunity to be an exceptional quarterback in this league, but I don't believe his performance, you know, over the, the full three years, but especially just over the last, you know, couple of months, those seven games where he had the opportunity coming back in, showed a bunch of flashes, great playmaking, and I, I feel like he's going to be a quality quarterback in this league. It seems to me that what will suit the Bears, though, from this point forward, more likely leans towards, again, after evaluating Caleb Williams, Drake May, whomever else, but you know, I, I feel like Caleb Williams, as, as many people do, will be the number one pick in the draft here, and that's where the Bears are going to land. I don't think there's anything shocking or controversial about it. What what I do, I was tweeting this out the other night. What I do find unfortunate is, as as Caleb Williams has been evaluated, and this part of where the Bears, as they've talked to Cliff Kingsbury and a bunch of others, as they evaluate him, what I think is unfortunate is that for for that guy, who I do think there's legitimate questions about the tangible, the the, the execution of quarterback plan, how it translates to the NFL. We can get into in a little more detail later in the show what concerns I have there. But a lot of the, the periphery stuff, you know, some of the, the off-field stuff, really just rumors that, that are out there around Caleb Williams because he's been so popular and won the Heisman a couple of years ago and he comes back to a program, the magnitude of USC. He's on national ad campaigns because you're allowed to do that now as a college athlete. And so just when rumors swirl around him, then it just kind of gets picked up and people run with it and, and it's negatively impacted his public image in, in a way that I find unfortunate because he's – there hasn't been any public statements from him in regards to, you know, he, he came out the other day and right. said, yeah, I'd be happy to play for the Bears, even though rumors are supposedly out there circulating that maybe he didn't want to come to the Bears. During the season, other folks almost speaking on his behalf, like USC loses their first game, Caleb Williams should sit out the rest of the season. You know? So then people just kind of assume that Caleb Williams is considering sitting out the rest of the season with like half the year to go because USC has lost a game. And things like that that I think have detracted from his public image that, that are out of his control, that he has nothing to do with, that continue to sort of get associated with him and his brand. But everything I've seen, he's an extremely competitive guy. He you know, played with a torn hamstring in the Pac-12 title game a couple of years ago when he didn't need to but just wanted to you know, try and win that conference title for his team. The talents as a passer are off the charts, so there's a lot to be excited about there. It's just you know, the, the person, and Ryan Poles kept coming back to that, that idea, evaluating the person is going to be huge in the Bears deciding if they want to spend the number one pick in the draft on him or whoever else, 
But then also from the quarterback position, are you willing to move on from this guy in Justin Fields that has shown he is capable of playing that position at a high level and the way the locker room has galvanized around him. So it's, it's to me, it's still not a cut and dry or an easy decision, but yeah. I think it, it leads more towards the Bears moving on. It's definitely a, a bold decision uh, either way, right? If he does stay with Justin Fields, a bold one, or if he decides to move on and, and takes on somebody like Caleb Williams, a bold move as well. All right, uh, we are going to continue the discussion, and who better than to talk about the quarterback position with than an actual former NFL quarterback? <laughs> Jim Miller, not only is he a former NFL quarterback, but he played for us right here. Uh, in Chicago, we will get a chance to talk to him and his thoughts. I, I'm I'm more curious about his, his his thoughts after three seasons about Justin Fields. Yeah, I want to know about yeah. Caleb Williams, but I really want to just ask some good follow-ups about Justin and what his eyes have seen over the course of the last three seasons. Jim Miller joins the show next. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. There's situations where it's the, you know, the group around you that elevates you. Um, and the other thing, too, is like that would also, you know, have a little card. Like, you got the sample size to be blown away, like, in the NFL. Like, you got to stack year after year after year. So, um, historically, we'll look at those quarterbacks that have been able to be productive for a long period of time and kind of mirror that and compare that to some of the guys in the draft. I think that uh, most people would want to be blown away by whatever choice Ryan Poles makes, and he is up against a tough one, most certainly. It's Gabe Ramirez along with Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score, and we get to talk about uh, that quarterback position with someone who knows a thing or two about it. Uh, Joining us right now on the guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. Of course, he is a former quarterback for the Chicago Bears. You can hear him on Sirius XM, also the Marquee Sports Network. Uh, it is none other uh, than Jim Miller. Jim, welcome to the show. Guys, good to be with you tonight. Thanks for having me. As so, always. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just let, let, let's talk about what being blown away means to you, right? I mean, having played that position and, and you know seeing Justin Fields for the last three seasons, would it take a lot to be blown away? To, to what I'm saying is, when you're comparing for what you have to what you want, is that is that is, is that going to take a lot for you, Jim? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, he's talking about you definitely want a franchise guy. You know, they passed up C.J. Stroud last year. That didn't blow him away. The guy's rookie of the year. <laughs> you know, so I think – and I think we all know why, because they wanted a year to evaluate Justin Fields. So the question is, if any of these guys that come out this year come out with a grade even similar, equal, above, maybe just a little bit below – C.J. Stroud, it'd be hard to pass him to to pass that player up. Whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May or Daniel or whoever they they grade these these quarterbacks, you know, it, I'll be able to see some of the guys down in Mobile like Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. And a lot of people think Penix, even with the medical, is going to go uh, first round. So, you know, I I think that would be hard to pass up. I, I don't think anybody can deny the year that that uh, C.J. Stroud has had for Houston. And the position Ryan Poles was in last year, you know, it, it feels like like it's a it's in some ways even a different choice. Not only the evaluation of the quarterback, but he uses the trade last year to bolster the roster. You bring in DJ yeah. Moore, you get a back to back year with the number one overall pick. The roster itself, Jim. That one thing that intrigues me about this is because quarterback 
it's, it's such a dependent position for the team to win at a high level with the QB. There's so few guys who can just make it happen almost individually. But whether it is Justin Fields or, you know, I think we all agree, this, the number one pick is likely going to be a QB for where the Bears are at right now. How much better off is the roster at this point? Do you feel like this is a roster that's close to being able to, you know, to be of, of championship caliber, let's say? Yeah, I do think it's better. I, th- I think you look at a, that, sef- that secondary is probably one of the better secondaries in the league with what Tyreek Stevenson has done coming in there. I liked what I saw from Terrell Smith. Kyler Gordon is as as a nice nickel player who's versatile. I think we agree that Brisker is a very active guy who's uh, versatile as well. You can play him down on the box. They blitz him. He's good man coverage. Uh, You know, you'd say the same about Jalen Johnson. They're going to have a tough decision there. Do they franchise him? Can they work out, uh, you know, a long-term contract? Because it's tough to give away blue-chip players. I mean, on PFF grades, Jalen Johnson rated as the number one corner in the league. And uh, Tyreek Stevenson, he's in the top ten with how he played. Um, You know, you think about uh, Washington. You know, they trade away a blue-chip player in Montez Sweat, and the Bears acquired him. So if you have about nine blue-chip players uh, on your roster, you're doing pretty darn good. And I think you'd say that, you know, Montez Sweat is a blue-chip player. You know, uh, we know Jalen, I would consider a blue-chip player with how he graded out this year. I think we would think D.J. Moore is a blue-chip player. You know, I think when you look at uh, Tevin Jenkins, I kind of wish they would have left him at right guard. A lot of people think he could have been an all-pro right guard uh, with how well he played last year for the Chicago Bears. So he, he makes the sw- switch over to left. I'm not saying he's not as good, but I, I think he could be an all-pro guard. You know, so he is a potential to be a blue-chip player. So... You know, and then Darnell Wright. We'll see where it goes with him and the other young guys that they drafted. But yeah, the roster is much better uh, than what it what it has been. There's no doubt they were depleted of everything. Yeah, even and Te- took over. And Tevin had some good good moments. You know, even during uh, this 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 season at right guard, where you said you said yourself like, oh man, during the injury stint to to Nate Davis, where he said, hey, I man, he looked looked exceptionally well right there. But but Jim, I feel like a lot of people want Justin Fields to be that blue chip player, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 they've. That's, there's, a, there's a loud chorus of people that are saying, hey, man, I don't know what you're thinking. Justin Fields is that guy. He's built around him. Are they wrong? No, I, I think you can do both. No, nobody is denying the talent of Justin Fields. I, he's tough. He's a good leader. His player, his teammates love him. I think he works hard. But it has to be more consistent. You know, that's the key when you play in the end. It doesn't matter what position you play, whether you're a cover corner or a route running a wide receiver, you have to be a consistent player that performs down in and down out. And, you know, that's why I've said you can do both. You know, there are teams that have drafted first-round quarterbacks, and they had their quarterback. Drew Brees, I brought him up. He was out at the Chargers. They draft Phillip Rivers. Drew Brees played so well, they had to franchise him. All right? And uh, and no, and then of course he hurt his shoulder, and it, it ended up that Philip had to play. But they weren't going to get rid of either one; they kept him. All right, and same with uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Here they draft Troy Aikman. If you remember, they came back the supplemental draft. They drafted Steve Walsh in the first round, supplemental. Troy Aikman wasn't happy about it, but it worked out. Right, so it has been done before, and I think that's the point about Justin. Whether they decide that Bears have a decision, they got to put the fifth-year option on it. If they believe that he's going to develop, that's $25 million bucks. all right, that, that fifth-year option. If they don't want to do that, that would be the decision like the Giants made 
where they did not franchise tag Daniel Jones, and they said, hey, we need to see more. And what did Daniel Jones do? He went out and he lit it up and he led them to the playoffs, and thus they gave him a contract. And so it doesn't ha- it does, it's not a Lamar Jackson contract. It's not a Joe Burrow contract. It's not a Justin Herbert contract. It's a contract that has he's getting paid $40 million a year, but it has an easy out clause here in 2024. Now, Justin could do that. They could draft a quarterback number one, let these guys compete, let the young bucks sit and learn, and Justin wins the job and say, hey, it's up to you, pal. Go up, light it up, and we'll, we'll pay you. You know, I, I think you could go that route. If it doesn't work out, they'd probably be moving on. You know, but the, it's just the consistency level, I think, is really what the what the Bears want to see more of. I think uh, we hit, he's been special and he does jaw-dropping things, but is it consistent enough, uh, is, I think, is the question. Yeah, I think of examples. It might feel a little bit like ancient history, but I even think of the uh, like the rookie year of Donovan McNabb, where he was behind Doug mm-hmm. Peterson for most of that season. And you know, of course, Green Bay has multiple examples where Hall of Famers, you know, kept yeah. first round picks on the bench for a little while. But it certainly has been has been done here. The other decision the Bears are in the midst of making right now. I continue our, our conversation with Jim Miller. He is on on Twitter at Jim Miller underscore NFL is the offensive coordinator. They're interviewing a wide variety of candidates. And, you know, you get to cover this thing on a national level as well, Jim. What are you hearing? What what stands out to you about some of the names that the Bears have been bringing in here? Yeah, I think, again, a lot of them are tied to the tree of uh, Kyle Shanahan. You know, when you look at Shane Waldron and the list of characters that they've brought in, probably the three candidates that don't fit in that mold that they've interviewed, Greg Roman, Cliff Kingsbury, and I'd probably say Greg uh, Greg Olson. But even Greg, you know, he's been under Gruden uh, for quite some time. But all, all those guys, uh, Thomas, all those guys come from that, that Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan tree that has really done well with a, a lot of young quarterbacks, uh, obviously, in the high tempo of it, the, the run play action, how it causes a, a conflict of interest and, and things like that. And then, of course, they're you know they're going to interview th- these guys and say hey well, what are you going to do with Justin you know uh, Greg Roman obviously it's hard to deny Greg Roman's success with both uh, Colin Kaepernick who is a highly athletic quarterback and what they did with uh, uh, Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson was a MVP in Greg Roman's system I think his record Greg Roman's record as as an OC with Lamar Jackson is like 46 and 17 hmm. it's like crazy uh, so, I mean, he's an interesting guy and, you know, how are they going to utilize him and all that? I, I think the two things, what probably Justin, from what I see that he needs to get better at is he, he can't hold on to the ball the way he does. The NFL did that, that timing thing. He graded out the, the slowest getting the ball out of his hand. And even the play got hurt on this year because it can lead to injury. He held the ball for over six seconds and then didn't throw it away and, you know, hurts his thumb. Um, so the sacks got to go down in getting the ball. Because last year he was – the year before, excuse me, he was sacked 55 times. This year he was sacked 44 times. But if you factor in the games that he missed, the four games that he missed, he was averaging getting sacked four times a game. So 16, four times four games, 16, because that was his average. He's at 60. He got sacked more this year, you could have projected, hmm. than what he did last year if you would have ran out the numbers. But he got hurt. Uh uh, during the season. So that to me has got to be better and it's got to be more consistent uh, from that standpoint. And he, he may get there, you know, he's, he's not there. He's a work in progress. He's had uh, what three offenses and, and uh, what's going on four years. And he's going to probably have a new one 
uh, coming in here. Some, you know, depending on who they choose as offensive coordinator, um, you know, that that there could be some carryover. Because let's be honest, Luke Getze comes from that same system who they just got rid of, right? Uh, LaFleur is a disciple of McVay, right, and Shanahan. So it's the same system. Jim, talk to me about about. I mean, obviously, you know, with Bears interviewing so many people because they want to they want to get this one right, right, and especially mm-hmm. for the future of their team. But talk to me about, you know, an offensive coordinator that you felt came in that actually made a difference. Because I think for the casual fan, you know, trying to understand the importance or the impact of an offensive coordinator for the casual fan, they're like, yeah, get a guy to run the offense. That's just like a simple blanket statement like that. But talk to me maybe about an offensive coordinator that came in and made a difference and what that looked like to you. Oh, like in my experiences yeah, in your or experience. who, no, or no, who no. the Bears? Okay. No, 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 your ex- personal experience. Well, I, I was fortunate when I was drafted by the Steelers, I got drafted by Ron Earhart was their offensive mm. coordinator. So he, he, like him, guys like him, Tom Moore, um, you know, you you look at the uh, the former head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those guys all kind of ran together. They were thick as thieves. But Ron Earhart basically designed the numbering system of all the NFL protections, how you call runs, all that. So it it be it was like a base template for how offenses would be would be called. And then of course, you know, then you got the West Coast and these other versions. But even the West Coast used the num- uses the numbering system of Ron. So it became a starting point. And so I was fortunately I was I was taught by you know one of the one of the greats uh, of the game and then Tom Moore obviously went on to uh, Indianapolis and had great success and Bruce Arians uh, who I brought up obviously he's went on and had uh, great success so you know I was kind of at the you know kind of at the cradle of when it first and and even today Ron Ron Earhart's offense it's been in more Super Bowls than any any offense in the league and now everybody just does variations off of it and tags and things like that because offenses evolve offenses uh change definitely mills one of the things that that gabe and i are going to talk about a bit throughout the rest of the show tonight i kind of i took a a deep dive just kind of looking at some of the franchises around the league that have been able to sustain success over the last quarter century and you know there's frankly some that even go beyond that that just win consistently i think it's one thing to, to get the right guy at qb and you need you know, the physical talent and the mental makeup and emotional maturity and all those other things. But the franchises that just like consistently stay there have been able to do so with several quarterbacks over the last quarter century, multiple head coaches over the last quarter century that just, whether it's, you know, Kansas City or Philadelphia, or Dallas or San Francisco, even Tampa Bay, there's, there's franchises that are kind of, you know, pretty consistently in the playoffs, consistently, you know, kind of competing at that level without kind of just having that one guy who's kind of always leading them there, what are some of those elements that the Bears to try and establish consistency here, whether it is Fields, whether it is Caleb Williams, whether it's Matt Eberflus moving into the future or if this is his final season coming, mm-hmm. but how do the Bears as a franchise put right. the proper infrastructure in place beyond where they're at to try and win on a more consistent level? Well, yeah, certainly you got to be right on the quarterback. If you just go back when the playoffs started – 12 out of the 14 quarterbacks in the playoffs were first-rounders. 12 out of 14. So, right? So, uh, Jalen Hurts, he was a second-rounder. And, of course, Brock Purdy, who is the anomaly. You know, so you you have to have uh, a talented quarterback to to do it. You know, there's no doubt about it. So, all those teams – uh, hit on their quarterback, and and even Baker. Baker flamed out, even, and here he is in the division round. But he's he's a number one overall pick quarterback, mm-hmm. and here he is resurrecting his career uh, down there for for Tampa Bay. Um, but 
you know, you you, you got to have, you know, even the great players in the first rounders, you got to have talent around you. I think you can look out in San Francisco, look at the talent uh, that they've acquired. That's an upper echelon roster. I think uh, they didn't play like it down the stretch when you look at Philadelphia, but I think everybody, they've probably just gotten a little old when you look at the, their roster, but Howie Roseman put a, a top roster uh, together, and I, I think that's true of, of all the other uh, teams. You look at the young talent that Green Bay is displaying right now. Do, do, do Bears fans think the Packers just passed you by? <laughs> you know? Look, you know, they brought along now Jordan Love. They got all these uh, talented wide receivers. I don't think their defense is as good as what it uh, needs to be, but you know, it's looking like that's going to work out uh, for for Jordan Love. And I think you can, you know, and I'd say that about the Ravens. Eric DaCosta and Ozzie Newsom is still in that building. I mean, he's been a top drafter forever, and he's still there. And you know, he's no longer the GM, but trust me, I, I guarantee he gives Eric DaCosta his two cents when they're about to draft. And I think you'd say the same thing about Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills. That is an upper echelon roster that probably will get challenged this weekend because they've got a lot of defensive uh, injuries. But I mean, even Taylor Rapp—they signed Taylor Rapp, who was a starting safety, uh, you know, for basically pennies on the dollar or say Kansas City look at who they signed as their backup uh, linebacker when uh, Nick Bolton went down Drew Tranquil was a starting linebacker for the Chargers that guy had like 140 tackles as a Chargers <laughs> starter last year so these are top tier rosters is, is what you're seeing Jim appreciate you jumping on with us tonight man and uh giving us your expertise a pleasure as, uh, as always all right guys thanks for having me have a good night thanks Mills Jim Miller, former Chicago Bear quarterback, giving us a little, you know, and I, I was I was thinking that when I asked him the offensive coordinator thing, and I mm. love the fact that he I, I understood what he was saying, which was I was I was fortunate enough to have an offensive coordinator who was kind of the founding father of some things. So therefore right, yeah. anywhere I had to go. An innovator. An innovator, I, I was already privy to that information because mm-hmm. I was there. And so mm-hmm. so I get that where you can have you could be the beneficiary of a of uh, an offensive coordinator that's that good yeah. and transcending that. You know, you can be a part of that, but <clears throat> I'm I, again. I go, I go back to the casual fan nature of it, where like you know, you hear like, "Oh, just this guy that's gonna come in, call some plays." <laughs> What's the big deal? And then it's like, well, it's so much more complex than that. But I think there's the gap between you know what we think and what it actually is, and then yeah. it never really gets filled in. And so that's why I was curious, you know, kind of to what he would say there. Right. I mean, you know, a lot of people have access to a playbook. But then when you are the, the coordinator of the offense, you know, that even separate from the head coaching position, but when it's your job to, to, to be able to have everything synchronized with the way your offense is going to operate and be able to call plays in the proper sequence. I mean, there's some guys who even put quality game plans together, but then you actually get there to game day and you still have to be able to have a feel for how the game is progressing that's actually there in front of you. And we've seen a couple of examples here just with the last couple of first-round picks the Bears have had at quarterback, whether it was Mitchell Trubisky or now Justin Fields, where the offensive play caller just hadn't seemed to be himself consistent in that regard and actually feeling and observing the game that's actually there in the moment. Say, all right, this might be my game plan coming in, but how do I actually adjust as the game is progressing here? Maybe that first 15 is sweet, but then right, we get into second quarter and third quarter. Yeah. What what are we going to from there? And not everyone is exceptional in that regard. We've talked about development a lot, not only with the QB. I've talked to you a lot about the development of this coaching staff. And, you know, moving on from Luke Getze is one thing, but I like the fact that the Bears are, are cycling through a lot of different interviews. Obviously, the 
the decision that will be made at OC is going to be a very big one. I do wonder for the position they're in here. A couple of things. One, how is the communication about the quarterback position for the Bears moving forward? You know, whether it is Fields, whether it's going to be one of these college guys, likely Caleb Williams. Uh, are they are they going down that road at all with these OCs? And Ryan Poles even talked about it at that press conference we mentioned earlier that to see how how many different game plans, what styles of play, what styles of offense the, these candidates would be capable of putting in, how they implement it, how they could teach it to everyone else yeah. around them could make this interview process that much more dynamic. And it's interesting because, you know, we talking to, you know, like you talked to Coach Wanstead before the season, uh, before Gutsy gets hired. He talks about how Getze, you know, was in multiple offenses. Yeah, right. And call multiple different things. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was like a strength that Coach wants that pointed out to us yeah. here on the station. But you know, it's more than that. Uh, if you want sust- sustained success, it isn't just the offensive coordinator. And our guy Anthony Heron has done a deep dive and found out uh, what a couple of those variables are, mm-hmm. things that are associated with sustained success in the NFL. And we're going to take a deep dive into that for the next couple of segments. But we're going to lay the foundation, the groundwork for it next. Is that cool? All right, Anthony Heron, Gabe Ramirez, uh, we'll do that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's 670 The Score. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It is Gabe and Ant here on 670 The Score. A lot of people, and somebody just texted or tweeted, and it was like, hey, you know, can we just give this topic a break for a week? Uh-huh. The fact of the matter is no. <laughs> but but what to we answer can answer your question, right, no. But what we can do is, you know, we can put our own spin on it because and I, I understand the people, right? And the people are torn over a decision that they feel will mold the future of their franchise for years to come mm-hmm. because of the the position and what it entails and what they have currently and what they could, you know, have on. Uh, in, in Caleb Williams in the future. But but you looked at some things that can point to something else other yeah. than the quarterback position in terms of success for a franchise when looking at other teams in the NFL that have sustained it for quite some time, right? This is part of what, what happens with my brain when the football season is essentially over for me from a work perspective where I'm, I'm not on TV and prepping for games and all this other stuff. And I'm like, all right, I got a little free time. Let me maybe t- try to take a deep dive on something because the point – that I've made, you know, on this station and on social media and a bunch of other stuff is basically that the Bears, in in trying to get the right QB, that's a part of the equation. But those franchises are are really kind of few and far between in the NFL who almost luck into drafting the right guy who's going to succeed regardless of everything else. Um, and the Bears have drafted. I, I kind of just looked at the last quarter century, the last 25 years, Bears drafted Kate McDowell back in 1999 in the first round. They drafted Rex Grossman a few years later in 2003. Drafted a bunch of other mid and late round picks between then. And now over the last few years, we've seen them draft Mitchell Trubisky in 2017, Justin Fields uh, a few years ago in 2021. And at no point over the last quarter century have the Bears drafted and developed a quarterback who everyone felt like, yeah, that's that's solidified as the do. We, we got a guy. Bears got him, they draft him, and this homegrown talent has been developed in a way where he became a consistent winner. Is that just bad luck at QB? You know, Jim was talking a moment ago, yeah, there's the majority of the guys who succeed at a high level tend to be first-round picks. There's a reason they go in the first round. But there are examples of players who, who end up succeeding and thriving in the NFL even when they're not a first-round pick. And 
it seems to me that there is something within the sauce. I don't even know if it's a secret sauce, but there's something within the sauce with some teams who've been able to find ways to win at a high level for the last quarter century, and in some cases at a much higher level than the Bears have over the last quarter century with multiple QBs, with multiple quarterbacks over that period of time. And so to me, the Bears, in evaluating whether or not it's Justin, whether or not it's the next guy, that's part of what they need to figure out. But also, they need to figure out how do we actually insulate the quarterback position in a way that we believe this franchise is set up for sustained success. Drafting an immense talent like Caleb Williams at number one overall, that might be the direction that makes sense. But Caleb Williams is not going to be the magic elixir for the Bears. I think there's recent history that shows that just in regards to some of the teams. So I, I removed, as I was kind of today, I took a couple hours and just kind of did a deep dive looking at every team in the league over the last quarter century. I removed teams like the Patriots, who had Tom Brady for a couple of decades. So vast majority of their winning was with Tom Brady there as a quarterback, one of the greatest of all time. So that's not a team where you say several different quarterbacks and multiple head coaches. Brady and Belichick made it happen with the Patriots. The Packers, 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play from two guys. So I didn't consider them, didn't consider the Colts, because that's mostly Peyton Manning and then the handful of years of Andrew Luck. Even the Saints, the Steelers, those are franchises I've removed from this because you can kind of point to singular QB and or a coach or two that kind of made those franchises happen. So I, I took a look at the last quarter century of teams in the National Football League who who were able to, for several quarterbacks, multiple head coaches, and still compete and win at a much higher level than the Bears. Got facts on there. You know, how many times they finished 500 or better over the last quarter century? How many different head coaches? Who were the quarterbacks that they were able to make this happen with? And so I got some details on that, how many Super Bowls they made. So I want to dive into that. So that was just kind of a setting up of the information I have and, and then being able to compare that to where the Bears have been over the last quarter century and just kind of trying to you know, elicit the, the understanding for people that drafting the QB is only part of the equation, and it tends to get much deeper than that with whether or not you can have and sustain success beyond it. Okay, so on the other side, Anthony Heron is going to let us know which teams, sounds the ones he mentioned in the very beginning, have had su- sustained success in the NFL, and what has been included in that elixir mm-hmm. and he's going to be able to let us know uh what is that common a couple of these franchises well. i was surprised even by a couple of them there's a few i've like tweeted out about over the last couple of weeks that just kind of came off the top of the dome and once i dove in it's like man that a couple of these franchises wow they've actually been really good for the last quarter century with multiple quarterbacks so folks are going to be surprised with a couple of the teams that are listed here i love it what are the teams we'll find out on the other side it's gabe ramirez and anthony heron some great information coming up next don't miss it right here on 670 the score